Thank you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray now that you really open up our minds and unscramble our brains that we can totally hear you and see you with an unveiled face. That we can walk with you, Jesus. we can talk to you we can laugh with you we can cry with you we can dance with you we can sing with you and Jesus above anything else above anything else we want to know you to know your ways and do it Lord I just pray now Lord just give us over these next this next hour concentration that Lord that we will connect with you in the spirit that our hearts our minds and our brains will connect with you in the spirit and that Father that the spirit of revelation will fall in this place and the spirit of understanding will fall in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just felt that we had to do that. I just felt that we had to just get our eyes on Jesus. You know, and uh, it's really, I, I, can't, I can't quite put, put it into words what I feel is happening in the spirit. But it just feels that since Heidi and I wanted to go and progress this whole teaching series that we're going to be doing about the armor, that there's been a battle. And there's, there's I, I mean, I have fought this week, I mean, in a good way. You know, I have fought to understand, to bring forth this, this word. Uh, this teaching today, and I can see, Heidi and I were talking about it last night, just a few weeks ago we, we got this whole thing whilst we were on holiday that, that we really need to be walking with the Lord, I mean literally walking with the Lord, not symbolically, not metaphorically, we need to be walking with the Lord side by side, we need to become a friend of the Lord side by side. We need to move when he moves, we need to sit down when he sits down, we need to get up when he gets up, and I just feel the church, and I mean us in this, is that we've become dull. We've become dull. We've lost a sharpness in us. We've lost like this, this, this direct that what we're doing is absolutely bang on right. The direction that we're going. And I just want to break off confusion. I want to break off confusion because I feel a lot of us are confused about whether we're in the right place, doing the right thing, and there's, when's it all going to happen? You know, there's this whole confusion flooding in. And um, I was reminded again this week, uh, and, and I can't remember what, what it did, but I was reminded that if there's a struggle going and a battle going on in your lives, and you're waiting for answers to come, the longer the wake, the wait, the longer the battle, 
the greater the victory. Because there's got to be balance. There's got to be a balance of waiting and then walking it out. There's got to be this balance. And if it comes too quickly, there's going to be an imbalance. Do you understand that? So I just feel that these, the, the set of teachings that we are bringing about the, the armour of God and putting it on. It's not armour that we discard. It's not armour that we, we put down and allow the moths to get on it and the rain to get on it, that we've got to shine it up again and get the rust off. I believe a lot of us, a lot of us, have never had the armour on. That will shock a lot of Christians. But I'm suggesting to you, to you today, and I'm including myself in this, I don't believe a lot of us have got the armour on. Are you walking in peace? Are you walking in peace with the Lord? Are you walking in peace with each other? Are you walking in peace with yourself? Day in, day out. I brought that message two weeks ago. The peace of the sandals. And it's not the peace of the gospel. Because if we're walking in peace, we'll be able to bring the gospel. In total peace. So how many people have been getting up every morning and saying, Lord, put your peace on me? I would suspect very few. I would suspect very few, if I'm honest. How many of you have been going to bed and saying, Lord, I want your peace on me so I can touch you and dream about you and the things that you want to show me? Because it's proved that over 60 years, you are asleep 20 of those years. That's a long time to be asleep. And as we know from what it says in Job, Job, you know, I can only speak to you sometimes through dreams. Because basically, if it's like me, it's the only time I shut up and I'm quiet that God can speak to me. But that shouldn't be true. We should be continually hearing from the Lord. So we've got to put this peace on ourselves like never before. Heidi and I came back from our holiday and we had such clarity, vision, peace, we could just go right the way through it. And we're, we're fighting to keep that on ourselves. Fighting, because there's a battle. There is a spiritual battle going on around us that if we had eyes to see, we could see the spiritual battle going on around us and do something about it. But the Lord, I believe, totally, with all my heart, is withdrawing the fence, the, the hedge. The hedge has been lowered. To see how we would walk in the Spirit but put the armour on. So, are you in peace? Heidi brought a fantastic message last week about the breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness is about walking in his light. Nothing more. Are you walking in his light? Are you walking in the light of Jesus in your life? Are you walking in relationship with him? Are you walking with him as a friend does in the cool of the day, discussing things? God is interested in what you do, and God is interested in what you think and what you will say. He's interested in your opinions. But it's almost like we ignore him. We don't include him in our everyday life. When you make a cup of coffee, do you put one and make one for Jesus? I have a chair now where I go and spend some time with the Lord, and I just I put this chair there, and it's Jesus' chair. It's where he comes and sits with me as I wait on him. And I just imagine it all the time now, as if Jesus is sitting there. And that Walter Bueller, if you've read that book, how many people have read Walter Bueller, Manifest Presence of Lord, of God? Right, if you haven't read it, read it. Read it. This is 
again, what Heidi and I were talking about last night, this is a time for us to be growing up and walking with the Lord. Walking with the Lord. So this message I'm about to bring today, I'm telling you, there is such an anointing on this. There is such, not because I'm bringing it, because I've had such a download, because I've been fighting, Lord, show me what you're trying to say in this. Just show me what you're trying to say, so I can understand it, I can get your revelation on it, then I can teach it. And that's what it's doing. So I know there's anointing. Folks, listen to me. If we can do this, what, I've, what we're, we're walking through over these next few weeks, but if we can do today, and also do what we've heard over the last two weeks, but today is crucial. Today there is going to be a battle. There's going to be a battle over you. God is going to remove the hedge from you to see how you walk in this. But if we can get this right, I guarantee you one thing. In a month's time, you will change. You will be different. Your walk with the Lord will be side by side. And you will never, ever be the same. If we can do this, what I'm about to try and explain to you. So please give me attention. You know, give me, you know, just, just quell, get, get rid of anything that's fighting on in your head. Because if we can get this right, we can get all of it right. Are we walking in peace? Are we walking in his light? And I'm not going to read it all out, but it all is based on the armor of God from Ephesians 10. And it says in the opening statement that we're not wrestling with flesh and blood, but we're wrestling with principalities, powers against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Heavenly places always means, whenever you see the word in heavenly places in the Bible, it always speaks about the spirit realm. What's, what's around us? That's the spirit realm. Right? So it's talking about the spirit realm. So that we can do what? Stand in that evil day. And having done all of this, to stand. God is saying, if you do this, and you put your helmet on, you put your shoes on, you put your breastplate on, put your belt on, put, put all of the armor on, to stand against the enemy. Because when God lowers a hedge, he wants to see whether you've matured. And I'm suggesting to you now that most Christians are still little babies. That God has to build up a hedge around them because if he didn't, we would crumble. And boy, has my hedge been removed this week because of what's happening up here. The attack on me physically emotionally, mentally, about what's happening up here has been a battle. But unless I'd had understanding, I would have gone nuts. That God has withdrawn this hedge around my head to see how I stand, how I can cope with this, how I can respond to this. Because he wants me to do what? And he wants you to do what? Is to overcome. Overcome what the enemy is going to be doing. So, we're going to have a look at the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. This is, in a, this is a massive, massive study. And it's going to take us maybe, I don't know, a few weeks to get through just this one topic. Because I believe this, that with this one topic, it is crucial as a Christian to put this helmet on and to guard your mind. 
to guard what you think, to guard your thoughts, to guard your brain. And I'm going to shock you. We're going to, we're going to, I love what Neville says. He says, we're going to slay some sacred cows today. And boy, are we going to slay some sacred cows today. Hopefully, this will pull us up and to say, this is what I want to attain to. This is what I'm going after. This is what I'm setting my head like flight flint. Listen, I don't care. I can get despondent. I can get, you know, when, when we, we wake up in the morning, we've got, you know, thank you for all those people that have, and we're not having, you know, but we get maybe three or four people saying that we're not coming, and, you know, we can't be there, and, and we're thinking, oh, well, you know, why do we bother? But I know there's a battle on over us with this whole message. But we're going to expect miracles to break out. Because why? Because we're walking in his light. We're walking with the Lord. And it isn't going to be just a front, up front ministry. It's going to be you and me together getting our hands dirty. It's going to be you and me going on the streets, seeing the sick recover. It's going to be you and me going on the streets, giving dream interpretation that sets the captives free. I'm telling you, this is crucial. This is absolutely crucial. This is, do you, know, do you want to know where the biggest battle is going on? Is in your brains. That is where the biggest battle is going on, is in your heads. Not your minds, and I'll prove this. It's not about your minds. It's about your brains. It's about what's happening in here. Because Satan, if he can get to your brain and reprogram it, he can get to your mind. And if he can get to your mind, he can get to your heart. If he gets to your heart, he gets to your spirit. And he completely and utterly saturates us. Why is there so much battle in the mind, in the head? Because that is if we don't have the helmet of salvation on, Satan will come through. It's the biggest conflict area. Listen, if you were hit in the head with a bullet, you will most unlikely live. You'll be either permanently damaged or you will die. It is an incredible area. So what's happening in the physical, it must be the same in the spiritual. If you haven't got protection around your head in the physical and somebody shoots you, the bullet will do, and you know, it will kill you. The same is in the spiritual. If you haven't got that helmet of salvation on, the devil will kill you. He will spiritually dry you up till you're no threat. And then he'll kill you. The one thing the devil does not want us to be doing is walking in the spirit. Knowing the ways of the Lord. Having relationship with the Lord. He doesn't want that because that has been taken off him. And the devil thing is, the, the, the demonic thing is, if you can't have it, if I can't have it, then you can't have it. Because the devil used to walk with the Lord, side by side. And he doesn't want us to realize that. It says, for the weapons, in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. This isn't flesh and blood. This is Paul saying again, this isn't flesh and blood. But mighty in God... For pulling down strongholds. That word stronghold in the original Greek turns out to be imagination. In Ephesians, where it says, the eyes of your heart, that's again speaking about our imagination. 
what's happening in here. Our imagination. If I asked you now to shut your, your, your eyes and imagine your front of your door, you'll be able to do it like that. So why is it difficult to imagine yourself walking with the Lord? For him to come alongside you. I'll come into that. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So every thought that you have that is generated from your, from your mind, that goes into your brain as processed, you've got to take hold of it. You've got to take about, and if you're getting thoughts that are, are not of God, then you've got to turn it around. This is where the battle is. And you've got to understand that it isn't just necessarily your fault. It is not necessarily your fault. But now it's your responsibility to do something about it. Yes? That's just the opening statement. We're going to get into the teaching part of it. So we must win this battle in the whole area of our mind. If we don't win this battle in our mind, then every part of us will be wrong. Every part of us will be wrong. If we don't win this area, we have got to win this area about the battle that's going on around our mind. So this is why God says, put your helmet of salvation on. Know the battle. Know who you are. Know where you've come from. Know the cost, because I want to set you free. In Matthew 6, verses 22 and 23, it says, the lamp of the body is what? The eye. The lamp of your whole body is the eye. And you know what a lamp gives off? Color, light. So if your eye is giving off a wrong color by what you're taking in, you will shine out in a wrong color. That's what it's saying. But if you're taking in only good things from your eye and cap- taking captive of every thought, you'll walk in light. If therefore your eye is good, this is Jesus. This is Jesus saying this to us. And he might as well have just sat down by me this week and just said it, Andy. This, I mean, he was like he was sitting by me saying, Andy, if your eye is good, it will be the lamp that you can walk with me in light. Your whole body will be full of light. So one little thing in your eye can make you walk in the light of Jesus. Jesus, these little things here, they're incredible. But if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You can understand why Jesus says, you know, if you sin with your eye, it's better to pluck your eye out. You know, to cast it away than for you to be in sin in that way. It's better for you. You'll be able to walk out your salvation. I can totally understand that now. If there, therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Oh boy. Are you walking in light? What are you taking in with your eyes? Because what you take in with your eyes will affect your mind and it will affect your brain. You see, your eye means your mind eye. It's your imagination. You can take in something that can be totally wrong, but if you dwell on it and imagine it and explore it, wow, darkness floods in. I mean, I'll use a simple example of there is so much of billboards, there's so much on television with sex and you know, violence and all the rest of it. There's so much of it. And you can be walking along as a Christian, 
walk in where you haven't had lust in your life, you haven't had any of these problems in your life, and suddenly you'll see a billboard, or you'll see something on, a, on, a, on advertisement as you go into Morrison's, and it just, boom, this thought comes in with what you've just seen, and then you start walking it out. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. We need to, to have deliverance from those demonic things that have entered in through our eye and our ear. We need, you know, and I, I'm going to just say it how I, I see it. See, not only this physical eye, what comes in will affect the whole body. Will affect the whole body. And if we don't do what, get control over this area, we're not going to get it right. We've got to get it right. The mind is the filter system of any incoming communication. That is why there is such a battle on it. The mind is a filter for every communication that you receive. It's a filter. You can filter it out. You can also filter it in, allow it in. Right? And this is where Satan is trying to get total access to you through your mind, through your eye, through your imagination. You know, temptation and thoughts come together. Temptation and thoughts go hand in hand. The temptation will come along and then the thought will come alongside with it. Listen, there's a song. I love the song. It's by Casting Crowns. And there's a song where it's a, a song uh, where he's singing about all these different difficulties happening in families. And there's one song, Daddy Doesn't Just Leave in a Moment. And it's talking about divorce. It's talking about where a man has left his wife for another woman. Daddy doesn't leave in just a moment. This isn't just a sudden thing, I'm leaving. It's a process. A process of what? Thought. Imagination. It's been happening over months. Months. Some of it has been happening over years. Because we haven't taken captive of the original thought. And, allowed, and when we haven't taken captive of that and allowed it in, boy. But folks, the good news is this. We can totally turn this around. We can totally turn all of this around and unscramble it and bring it in line with God. I'm going for that. I keep saying it's probably my, I'm going for that. I'm going for that. See, the eye, the ear, and the emotions are all interlinked. Your eye and your ear, are, and then your emotions, if they all, if you, if you hear something or see something and your emotions get involved, oh boy, if that is not sanctified, if that isn't put, put right and it isn't of God, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Oh, it's gone very quiet. To get our thought lives under control. We've got to get our thought lives under control. But you know what? This is where it comes to be a little bit complicated. And this is where I want you to say, your mind and your brain are two totally different things. Totally different things. The brain is just like a... It's just physical. It's like a computer. It's there. It's, it's, your brain is an incredible piece of equipment. But it is like a computer. But guess what? The brain cannot think for itself. Just like the computer cannot think for itself. 
Your brain can't think for yourself. It can't process thoughts. It doesn't originate thought, the brain. Not like a computer. It just doesn't originate thought. It needs an operator. Your brain needs an operator. And the operator is, where's the origin of your thoughts? It's your mind. It's your mind. And just like a computer, you need somebody sitting there, switching on the brain, switching on the computer, and processing it with what? Information. Or whatever. But this information, this processing, can be either good or bad. That's what it was talking about in Matthew. That what you take in will either be light or darkness. But we're, do you know what? This, it's just an incredible... Pro, I, can, I now can see that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So I can see it so clearly of why God created us like this. We are meant to operate out of the spirit. Why? Because God is spirit. We're meant to operate more out of the spirit than we are in the physical. We're meant to see more in the spirit than what we do in the physical. Because we're spirit. We operate out of the spirit. Because God is spirit. doesn't say that we're formed in the very image of God, into his very likeness, his spirit. God operates in and from the spirit. He doesn't operate in and from the physical. He operates in and from the spiritual. Does that make sense to you? Our spirits are likened to God. You see, mind, that word mind, when you read it in the New Testament, in the Greek, it means both physical and spiritual. It means both physical and spiritual. It's the thinking part of us is meant to be spiritual. That's the thinking part. The process of thinking and thought is meant to be spiritual. And the brain will process those thoughts. Yes? Can you understand that? It cannot originate thought. The brain cannot originate thought. But it can process information. Thoughts. Why? Because the brain is not spiritual. It's physical. That's very important. You see, I can, I can see some confusion coming in. And it's about just being able to, to get the whole thing. Your mind and your brain are two totally different compartments. Your mind is spiritual. Your brain is physical. God is spiritual. Our bodies are physical. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says... Well, I'll come to that. See... Our brains can only originate, our, our, our minds can only originate thought, but the brain has to process it, but only operate by what we put into it. So everything that we do and put into a computer, you know, we can, we can put it in and type a letter out. The computer didn't do that, but we told it to do that, and it prints out a letter, and you've got it there. The computer's done that. No, you've done it through the computer. Incredible piece of, of kit, this. But our brains are incredibly more sophisticated. Um, listen, we cannot be limited to the physical. We cannot be limited to the physical. Most of us walk in the physical. Very few of us walk in the spirit. Very few Christians 
that I know walk in the spirit. Very few. Most of us walk in the physical. This is why, if you don't get, I'm just, I'm just, if you say we, you know, you, whatever, you know, I'm just speaking out. You know, I'm not saying you as you personally. So hopefully we're all trying to be overcomers, yes? But if we don't, if we don't get hold of this, that, that God has created us to be spirit, he's just put us in a shell, physical. Because if, if the spirit leaves the body, what happens? The body dies. The brain dies. The spirit leaves the body. It says that without the spirit, what? There is death. Can you? So the body without the spirit is dead. I believe, and, you know, and I've heard Neville say this, I've heard Neville say the fact that, that he believes that when people um, are in a vegetable state, their spirits have already left. You know, their spirits already, have already left. This will help us when we come to be raising the dead. We ask the spirit whether it wants to come back, whether it chooses to come back. We're not commanding the body. The body's dead. We're asking the spirit to come back. Because if the spirit comes back, there's, bo- there's life into that body. Because the spirit carries what? Light. And I believe that we used to walk where blood didn't flow through our veins, but light did. It was the very source of life, is light. Walking in the light of God. I believe that when Adam and Eve walked out of the Garden of Eden, they had to have blood poured through them. Because <laughs> they used to walk in the light of Jesus. In the, the light of God. Does that make sense? I, th- you know, I think our whole physiology body had to change because of that. Can you remember Lazarus and the rich man? I'm thinking about Luke 9, where Lazarus is, is, has died. He's the poor man and the rich man, and they meet in heaven. What astounds me, and I preached on this years ago, but what astounded me in that preaching was, actually, they weren't physical, were they? Their bodies were not physical. Lazarus' body was not physical. His body was in, on, in, on, on earth. He died. His physical body was rotting in a grave somewhere. But his spirit was there, walking around with feet, with hands, with arms. We, our spirits has a form. Yes? But his body had died. His brain had died. So had the rich man's. And do you know what? They were having conversation. So that told me that they could speak to each other, they could communicate to each other, they could hear, they could see one another, they could recognize each other without a brain. Because they had their minds. But they also had emotions. They could also feel. It's hot. Give me something to put on my tongue, even if it's a drop. Drop it in and put on my tongue. Oh, but I also have memory without my brain. Because it's your mind. It's the spirit. This is what we were created for. Oh, we should be operating out of our spirits and not out of our physical minds, not out of our brains. He said, go and tell my brothers. So he remembers his brothers are down on earth and they, they're following the same route. But it's all in the spirit. In the same way, we must learn to operate in the spirit and commune with God in spirit. Sometimes God comes into the physical Sometimes God will manifest himself in the physical, but it's not often. It's not often. And we were made, made. Our whole spirit was made to walk with God. And then we've got a problem. 
we have become so locked in to our physical body, we are now locked out to our spiritual body. I'll say that again. We have, we've, we've, we've got ourselves into a right state. We have become so locked into our physical bodies, it's locked us out of the spiritual realm. Why? Because our brains have been programmed to tell the body that the imagination, the spirit, is illogical. It's totally illogical. Every, that can't happen. That's illogical. Explain that one to me. Some Christians don't believe that we can travel in the spirit. We're made for that. We're made to travel in the Spirit. We're made to walk with God. We're made to walk amongst the, the deaf and heal them, the, the, the sick. And, and, and We're made for that. That's not hard. But the problem is that our bodies have been, we've been so locked into the physical, we've locked ourselves out of the spiritual. And that, so, so the result of this is that we are so isolated from the spiritual realm by the way that we've programmed our brains. And this is where the whole problem lies, is the programming of our brains. What we have allowed in is a process. Then the brain processes it. And we have been so locked out of the spiritual realm by our programming of our brains. And once we have made that discovery that we need to change us, we will accelerate into the things of the Spirit. We will just catapult into things of the spirit that we start locking out that it's illogical. I am made for this. I am made to walk with the Lord in the spirit. And if he chooses to come down on earth in the physical, then that's great. But I'm made to soar like the wings of an eagle in the spirit realm. And so are you. But your minds have locked you out of that process because it's illogical. It doesn't make sense. How, and we start analysing all this. Why do you think there is so much stuff happening in churches about this whole area? And one area is healing. It was made for us. Jesus said that the word is the same yesterday, today and forever. So why are we still having an argument about, oh, it just died out with the disciples. You don't know your Bible, mate. God's word is the same yesterday and today and forever. It's simple, done, dusted. So what happened yesterday, you can do today. And what you do today, you can do tomorrow. That's what God's word says. It's not Andy Tip, lady. It's the word. It's the living word of God. But you know what? Do you know what has been so pushed out by our logical minds? Is faith. Faith. Our faith is so small. So small. But what is required is you've got to have faith to contact God. You've got to have faith that you can sit there and believe that you can talk to him face to face. And it starts in your minds. And it requires incredible faith to move in the spirit. Incredible faith. But we know, and it says in the word, that it's impossible to please God without faith. And it says, now faith is, Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hopeful. Do we want to walk in the Lord? Would you want to walk with the Lord in the Spirit? These are things hopeful. For the evidence of things not yet seen. But faith will bypass that. Lord, I have faith 
that I can sit with you and talk to you as a man face to face. I can laugh with you. I can cry with you. I can do all of these things with you. My emotions can be totally tied into your emotions. My will can be totally tied into your will because I'm walking with you side by side. So my thought is, why is there so much pettiness going on in church? If, if, if you don't agree with it, I'm, taking my, I'm splitting my dummy out and I'm walking off. Because you're not walking in the Spirit. Because if you were walking in the Spirit, you could bypass that, see through it all, see where the problem was lying, and walk in absolute peace with one another. Because you're not dealing with flesh and blood. You're dealing with principalities and powers and workers and evils of darkness. But if you walk in the Spirit, you'll see it. <laughs> and then you'll have compassion if somebody is acting out of a wrong spirit because they're not walking in the light of Jesus, you can bypass it and you can bring peace into their lives. Okay, your theology might be slightly out. So what? So what if it doesn't quite agree with your mindset? There's no point in speaking the dummy out. Just, you know, I've learned so much and I'm learning so much. Heidi and I have learned so much about just being upfront pastors, if you want to call it that. Because, you know, of how we were before, any of us started. You know, if we didn't want to go to church, oh, it doesn't really matter, we won't turn up. But the consequences of not turning up is you're letting the family down. You know, and, 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 and for me, it's become really important. It's really important that we have a family, that we gather as a family that we gather as like-minded people maybe once or twice a week to get all the crud of the earth off us and to get amongst like-minded people to talk about things of the Spirit. See, our brains are programmed by what? Our five physical senses. Taste, touch, smell, sight, and hearing. Our brains, that's one of the major things that will process our brains. It's used to program the brain. That you will know that if you touch something hot, wow, oh, that's hot, I won't do that again. You know, or, you know, that you, you smell something. Oh, mummy's making a cake. Mmm, chicken's on the go. You know, uh, and it, because our brains have processed that thought to know that it's either good or bad. Yes? But your brains didn't originate that thought. They had to process it. Right? So, here's the problem. And I now know why God is sending me on a journey. I didn't know this until last night. But the problem is this, one of the major problems. I think, I believe there are two major areas that have affected our brains and the programming of our brains. is education and TV. The two major things that have processed our brains is education and TV. And I believe now you can add a third. Computers, Facebook, social networking, all of this sort of thing. You can, you can use this for good or bad. I know, I know a man you know, that came to me who had dreadful problems with the computer. In fact, I know quite a few. You know, dreadful problems. Where they were just involved in you know, pornographic material. And he said, how do I get rid of it? I said, does your computer have a plug-in that goes into electricity? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, cut it off. <laughs> starve, starve the devil. Don't stop feeding it. 
Stop feeding it. You know, you can walk as... I mean, I've never, I've never had this whole thing about pornography. Thank the Lord. You know, I, you know, I've never gone into a shop, you know, and looked, you know, on the top or the bottom shelf. I don't know where it is. These magazines. You know, I, I personally, I think they're disgusting. I think they demean women. They, they, they're just awful. And people say, yeah, but women... Are, yeah, but they shouldn't be earning their money from that. You know, and, and that's not a big argument. No, it's not. It's wrong. Because would God want us to do it? Would God want you to flaunt your bodies? You know, no, he doesn't. So, you know, I've never suffered this. But what, but what happens is, a guy that does his mind, because he's been programmed to connect with that, and what you focus on, you will connect with, both in the physical and the spiritual. And always behind this, always, is a spirit waiting to come in. This is where the battle is. A spirit is waiting to come in. So what are you allowing? Which spirit are you allowing to transmit or program your brain? Once we, know, once we allow God to originate thought to us, guess what happens? If God originates thought to us, it becomes incredible revelation. And that, that revelation that we get from God through our thoughts and our mind can then program our brain. The brain then retains it and locks it in. So God can speak to our spirits. This is then filtered through the thoughts of our minds. It gets locked to it to our brains and we can walk in light, illumination, in total light because the brain is in complete sync with our mind and the mind is in complete sync with the spirit. When we get the magazine, when we get the, the, uh, uh, the book printed, the manual printed, we'll have all this information in there. But then it's locked into our brains. Then we can recall it, retain it, and analyze it. I always remember a, a guy saying to me, I think it was Paul Keith, saying, once you have been able to do it, you can do it again. Once you've been in the spirit, you can go again. Because why? Because you've had the revelation that you can go there. It gets processed and filtered through the brain. It gets locked into the brain. And once you've done it, you can do it again. It's incredible. The brain is incredible. But listen... Just as God can program this, program your brain, so can evil spirits. They can originate thought. Where did that come from? Has anyone had that? You, you're just minding your own business and suddenly a thought comes into your mind. Where does that come from? You know it isn't God. There's an evil spirit behind that thought. Now, if you dwell on that thought and you start processing it, it gets locked in. And then, boy, you've got a problem. You need deliverance. You need deliverance. I think it's going to shock the church when the Spirit of God descends on all flesh of how many good Christian people need deliverance. You see, what they'll do, they can talk to you just as much as God can. They can talk to you uh, just like God and the Holy Spirit but they'll just sit on your shoulders. They'll sit on your back like a little monkey. I always say you've got a monkey on your back and people wonder what I'm saying. It's a spirit. And it can just whisper constantly into your ear. Constantly. That has what's been going on with me all week. This has been constant all week. It was like having God had lowered the hedge and boy, I had to rebuke that. I'm getting, and it was almost... <laughs> throughout the whole day 
rebuking it, getting rid of it, get out, I'm not having that, I'm capturing this, blah, 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 yeah, I'm walking in peace, I'm, I'm going to put on this, I'm going to, and it's just constant, constant, constant. But the brain can be programmed by good and bad. The problem area arises is when it comes from the wrong side, side when dealing with the, 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 the realm of faith. Most of us have trouble in this. Why? Because of what and who has influenced the programming of our brains. If we've got a wrong influence programming our brains, we're in trouble. And our brain objects when anything of the spirit comes in and throws up a smoke screen of unbelief. This is what happens in a lot of Christian people, is unbelief comes into it. Unbelief for healing, unbelief for this, unbelief. Show me that in the Bible. Show me where that is. And yes, we have to check things out. We have to, you know, check it all out, make sure it lines up with the, with the Word of God. But I love what Neville says, you know, some of it is extra-biblical. And it takes faith for that. Still checking it out. But unbelief is, is one of the quickest ways of locking us out of the spirit realm. The quickest way. If you don't believe this can happen to you, then it will never happen to you. It will lock you out, close you down in the spirit realm like that. And guess what you become? A religious spirit. You'll operate as a religious person. Where does it say that in the Bible? And you show them, well, God's word is the same yesterday. Well, it doesn't mean that. You know, you're, you know that that isn't flesh and blood coming at you. That's the principality of power and a worker of darkness because it's locked in because Romans 8 verse 6 and 8 says Romans 6 Romans 8 verse 6 to 8 says for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace this is why putting on the sandals goes hand in hand with putting on the helmet to be light, to be spiritually minded to life is life and peace because carnal the carnal mind is an enmity it says but that word enmity is, is like an enemy against God your carnal thoughts your carnal mind is an enemy to God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God we need to be turning this totally around and become spiritually minded, not carnally, not dictating out of our flesh, but being dictated to out of the spirit. The carnal mind will bring death and is an enemy to God and displeases him. That's what the Bible says. And this is a major problem with us today. We, most of us have been listening to a wrong spirit and operating out of the flesh, not out of the spirit. The spirit originates thought. The brain processes it, but it affects the whole body. As I've already said, that our brains have been programmed mainly through logic and reason and analytical. You know, I, I just, when I was doing this, I could just see some of the GCSE questions analyze, you know, and, and it's all about facts. It's all about, if you can analyze something, it's all about that. It's all about your logic. And do you know where it's come from? It's a Greek mindset through edu Our whole system is run on a Greek mindset. That is totally wrong. Totally wrong. It's all about logic. It's all about reason. It's all about analyzing. It's all about this. Locks you out to the spirit realm like that. 
Why do you think so many of our children are running wild? Because they're totally locked out of the spirit. Because they've been programmed this way. So some of the fault is not because of what you're taking in with your eyes and your ears, but some of it has been put on us. It is so hard for an intellectual, incredibly intelligent person, I say, I'll use the word intellectual, to walk in the spirit. Because they're constantly logical. They're constantly, you know, thinking all about it. Well, if, I, if you can't prove it, then I, you know, it can't be done. No, what about faith? To believe in God isn't from a logical mind, it's from the spirit of faith. Yes? If it was from logical mind, we could go out there and have incredible success if we were to do it logically. But this whole thing about a man coming down on earth, blah, you know, we know the story of Jesus, you know, it's totally illogical to most people's thoughts. And the brain locks it out. So we know where the battle is. It's about our brain. Intelligence and education are vastly different things. Understanding and education are vastly different things. You can be highly intelligent, but know very little about life. My brother-in-law, he's a very intelligent man, working in finance. Incredibly intelligent man. But ask him to change it. I'm not serious. Ask him to change a plug on a, on a, on a you know, cable. He can't do it. He cannot do it. Asking him to, to do something, you know, physical, you know, out of the house or whatever, he can't do it. But he's got an incredible brain for processing information, especially figures. Because mainly we, our minds mainly operate, we, we mainly operate out of a mind and a brain full of logic and reason. Simple. Laws and logic. And it came out of the Greek mindset by Aristotle. There was a process of, of, of which path do we flow from, you know, in education. Do we come out of Aristotle, which is all laws and logic, rhyme and reason, or do we come out of this other thing, and I can't remember who it was, I think it might be Plato, which was all about using the imagination, incorporating the imagination into our learning. Use your imagination. I was saying to Heidi, you know, that just for me it makes so much sense, you know, as a teacher of history as well, if I'm explaining about the Battle of Hastings in 1066 and uh, Harold Hardrada and you know, all of this and all, all the facts and the figures, what happens if I just said to the kids, okay, kids, put down your books. We all know that this, this battle took place. Put down your books. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself on the front, front line of that battle. Imagine yourself to the side watching this battle. And in the spirit we're taken there. Boy, will that bring understanding to the historical fact of the Battle of Hastings. Do you follow me? Go in the Spirit. Grab these facts. Grab the revelation of this from God's perspective. And it just changes the whole mindset. I watched this experiment going on with a, with a paper clip. It was given to, I think, 12 to 14 uh, same age as Joshua, five-year-olds. And they said, just imagine what you could use that paperclip for. They had to stop filming when it got to about 122. Had to stop filming. They watched these kids go through education. They got the same kids they used in this experiment, sat around the table, you know, when they were 16, so they'd gone through from five to 16, 11 years of education, put the same paperclip, or, you know, one very similar, and they said, imagine how many 
things you can use that for. They came up with seven. Because their minds have been programmed for logic and reason. And it closed almost one part of the brain down of imagination. But we're made to operate out of the spirit. Does this make sense to anybody? Is this making sense? Because it gets better. So whilst our brain is being programmed this way, it's now an enemy to God. An alien to the ways of God. And it's totally the opposite to God. And this is why some people have real problems walking out their destiny. Because they don't believe it. They don't believe it's possible. But when God comes alongside and he says, I'll put a spirit of faith in you like never before, boom, and you reprogram your brain to think, actually, I can walk in this. I will walk in it. It will happen. And it will not be through things that you see. It'll be things that you see in the spirit realm. Can I ask you a question? When Jesus comes into your life, is that metaphorical or is that real? It's real. So where does Jesus come in? Have you ever thought about where Jesus comes into your body? He comes into your spirit because our spirits are one. So Jesus comes into our spirits and resides in there. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Have you ever thought, where does that spirit live? Have you ever thought where the spirit lives? In you. It won't live in your feet. Live in your fingers, in your hands. No. In your head. That's where the spirit lives. In the head. Here. But also, it lives in your brain. But what we've, locked, what we've done over the process of time is locked ourselves out of the whole programming of our brain. The spirit knows God, but our brains are saying they're wrong. You know, our spirit knows God, but our brains lock us out saying that we're all wrong. Cannot compute, cannot compute. I just can't make this out. I just, just can't, can't, I can't get to, to this. It's all illogical. I just, no, it, you know, and it totally overrides our spirit. Once our brains have been programmed, this will totally override the spirit. Have you ever thought why, you go, why some of us go through so many problems in so many different areas that we can't walk in the spirit? It's because your brains have been programmed by a different way. It can't be true. Prove it. Show me. Show me where it is in the Bible. Then we're led into a religious spirit. We cannot touch God. We cannot walk God, walk with him. We cannot know his thoughts. We cannot know his ways. Encases us and snares us in unbelief. Locks us out. This is why our brains, especially our thoughts, our minds, are vulnerable, incredibly vulnerable to the spirit realm. Because God has designed us to operate out of spirit, not out of logic. This is why the devil wants to entrap you in it. I'm going to move really quick now. And this is why we become so vulnerable to so many different types and kinds of spirits. And if they put wrong thoughts and wrong programming into us, boy, we are in big trouble. This is why we need the helmets of salvation and should never take it off. I've probably got another maybe 20 minutes. We have the mind of Christ. That's what the word says. We have the mind of Christ. 
And it's not in our brains, it's in our spirit. It's in our spirit. Our brains will continually try and throw this out because of our logical thinking and reasoning. Proverbs 23, verse 7. As he thinks in his heart, so he is. So you think, it gets saturated into your brain, boy, it affects your heart, affects your emotions. The heart sometimes speaks as, as mind. 2 Corinthians 10, we've read this out. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, our imagination, casting down every argument. We know, you know, we've got to be taking every thought captive and make it obedient in the spirit. Everything. So when God tries to connect with us in the spirit, but because our brains are programmed with a logical mindset, it throws it out as being illogical. Totally illogical. So we've got to put a guard around our minds and especially about with our eyes and our ears. What goes in will affect our minds and then program our brains. Is anyone getting this? Are you really, is, this, is this helping anybody? Some of, you see, our eyes and our ears can act like a scanner. And you'll know what a scanner is on a computer. It acts on a scanner... And it can put that image that you've scanned onto your hard drive. The same thing happens with what we see and what we hear acts as a scanner. It can put it in, you could take that object, scan it in, and then lock it into your hard drive, which is your brain. And it's there. It's there. Until you realize it's wrong and you press the delete button. Who's the delete button? The spirit is. The spirit. I'm going to tell you and give you, and also challenge you to do something. Because there's no good giving all this information out if there isn't something that we can do about it. So, here it is. TV, two hours a night. Can you imagine the amount of images, concepts, ideas, thoughts, and emotions get saved into your brain through television? Why do you cry at a film? Okay, but it can, come, it can come from a good point or it can come from a bad point. I can watch stuff and just be in tears because there's something about the emotion that's driven by God in it. There's light in it. But there's also the other side, you know, of, of why do we see so many kids enacting out warfare that they've seen on computers? They've been playing it for hours on their computer screens and they suddenly go on the streets, get themselves you know, into a bit of trouble and they enact it out. Because why? Because their brains have been programmed to operate that way. You know, we're seeing so... Oh, don't believe what the papers are, are, are saying that, you know, things have gone down in the crime. It, it, you know, we've we just got to be very careful. What happens is our brains activate our thoughts and makes it believe that this is the norm by what we process off television and computers. Makes it the norm. But God comes in the spirit and automatically our brains will throw it out. It's illogical. And all the, the image I got when I wrote that was I saw Captain Spock in Star Trek saying, Captain, oh, is it Dr. Spock? Captain, it's illogical. It's illogical. Because his mind was processed by total being logical. Unless it was something he could explain, then it became illogical. That's what our brains do. Anything of the spirit comes in like that, because our minds have been so processed, our brains have locked it in, we say, it's illogical. Because it cannot be explained or reasoned 
or analyzed. And, and then the big thing that is an enemy to God is unbelief. Unbelief is faith is pleases him. Unbelief must displease him. So in essence, visual images, what you see and what you hear, will be locked into your brain and connects you with the spirit that's behind that thought. And that spirit will then enact out as much of it as possible in you. See, most of us will operate out of this realm to some degree or another until we learn how to walk in the spirit when his thoughts become ours. And when that happens, boy, there is going to be such a difference in our life. I'm just going to spend 10 minutes now thinking we've got to start meditating on the things our minds, in our minds and just start to think on certain things in certain areas. And what I'm saying by there is if you get a thought or a pr- process it, captivate, capture it and say, is that good or is that bad? If it's bad, throw it out. If it's good, meditate on it. Think about it and you'll connect with it. You're starting to reprogram your brain by taking captive in your mind and throwing out what is bad information and putting in what is good information. Number one. When you start doing this, it will open up a channel in the spirit realm. And then you'll start to be led by the spirit of God. But if this channel is open in the negative way, you'll be led by the dark spirits of the devil. Yes, we've got a choice. It's got to be God or the devil. It takes programming and it takes time to cut this out. It happens in both ways. If you connect with this realm of darkness, you need deliverance. You need to reprogram how you think because how you think will conceive and how you conceive will give birth, both good and bad. So how you think, conceive that thought and then process it give birth to it. That's what happens. James 1 verse 15. Then, when desires conceived, desires, speaking about lust, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So now we know desire, which is emotion, it comes from our minds, it's an emotion, it's given conceived to lust, it brings birth to sin. And if we have the fullness of it, it brings death. Acts 5 verse 4. While it remains, was it not your own? And after this, talking about Ananias. Ananias, um, when they sold the fields and asked, you know, to bring the money and they didn't give it all and they dropped down dead and all the rest. Was it, and this is what the question was, Paul, uh, Peter was asking. While it remained, was it not your own, the fields? And after it sold, was it not also your own to control? Why have you conceived these things in your heart? You have not lied to men, but have lied to God. So Ananias and Sapphira conceived something, hid it, gave birth to it, and then lied. Yes? Psalm 119. This is David. I love this. Turn my eyes from looking at anything worthless. It's talking about vanity. And revive me in your way. Job 31 verse 1, it's dealing with the whole area of lust. I have made a covenant with my eyes. When then should I look upon a young woman? And it says in verse verse 7, because he's made this covenant, he's made this covenant with his eyes that whatever he takes about a woman is not going to be bad. He says, if my steps have turned from the way or my heart has walked after my eyes. 
So he's put a covenant that he won't walk in a wrong way. But if your eyes have taken in something that isn't right, you're going to walk in it. You're going to go after it. That's what Job's talking about. You're going to go after it. Why do you think there are so many men and so many women that end up in divorce? I'd say most of it is through lust. But I'll tell you now, the lust didn't come out in the physical first. It came out here. It was conceived in here and the body enacted it out, gave birth to it. Daddy doesn't leave in just a minute. He's leaving over a process of months. Or mummy, whatever it is. So when you see something and then your hearts and your emotions and your feeling go after it, it gives birth. If you see something or hear something and your heart and your emotions and your feelings go after it, it gives birth, both good and bad. So what we read and what we listen to and what we watch, this is so important. David says in Psalm 101, verse 3, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. These spirits know exactly what program to play to you. Exactly. They will play it back and back. And they'll even do something else. They'll create a story that wasn't yours. They'll create a thought that wasn't yours. But unless you take captive that thought and you take it in, it, it can conceive and you can give birth to it. Give birth to it. Our minds need complete reprogramming of the things of the Spirit. Completely reprogramming. And at the start, it will seem rather hazy and unclear. It will be almost like a fog. But you have to press through that. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of service. And do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your minds. That you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. If you take captive every thought and make it perfect to the acceptable will of God, you will be able to do what is good and acceptable in his sight. It is so simple. But our mind, this, this word mind, is basically this word mind here, what it's talking about, by the renewing of our mind. The Greek word is for brain. It's for our brain. So it's a process of thought. Our mind is processed of thought, locked it into the brain. But we've got to renew our brain here. We've got to renew it. And when this programming takes place between you and God, you'll become more compatible with the Spirit of God. Your spirit and brain will move together. And you'll have the Rema Word of God. The Rema Word of God. And you'll begin to think like God. You'll begin to act like God. You'll change takes its place. And something incredibly powerful happens in your life. In our lives. By the renewing of our minds will occur more and more when we're in the presence of God. This is why it's so important to lock yourself away. Don't even take your Bible in. And just get into the presence of God. And he can reprogram your brain. You've got to, we've got to get this. We've got to get it. 
Reprogramming starts when you get it, but also reprogramming starts when you get into the presence of God. It's like just getting into the presence of God is like transferring loads of information you know, down a modem. It happens so quickly, so quickly. It's just like I started on this and I just started getting the revelation on it so quickly that after days of days of battling in it, weeks of battling in it, it was like getting in the present. I just started understanding it. It started, started really make, making sense. And it happened so fast. One day I was trying to get my head around it. The next minute, the next day, I, I knew it. I understood it. I totally understood it. Because the revelation of God and in the presence of God downloads this information so quickly that you have understanding. And that our brains start thinking how God thinks. How? How do we start? I'm almost there. I've been going an hour and five minutes. Almost there. Oh, how do we reprogram our brains? It is so simple. I wish I thought of it. It is so, so simple. We consecrate our head, our eyes, and our ears. We consecrate it. So simple. In other words, we set it apart. That, Lord, I consecrate my mind. That I'm setting it apart for you. I'm setting apart my eyes for you, Lord. I'm setting everything of this area apart for you. I'm consecrating it. Set apart your thoughts, your eyes, and your mind, and your brain for the Lord. Leviticus. Never got it. Never got this at all. I thought, I'm going to have to wait till I get to heaven to understand the, the part in Leviticus where it talks about the sacrifice. Yeah, and we, we heard about the sacrifice that we talked about uh, in the first talk. But this is a sacrifice where they cut the head off of an animal and give it to the Lord. I never understood it until today, until a couple of days ago. The sacrifice is, here's my head, here's my brain, here's my mind, here's my thoughts. I'm giving it to you, Lord. I'm sacrificing that part of me to you. Become living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord, which is your acceptable part of your worship. This is what God demands of us all, to present our heads to him. Not just our bodies, but our heads. Our heads come first. Because if he hasn't got our heads, he hasn't got us. Does that make sense? So we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, but we've got to offer our heads separately. We've got to consecrate our minds and our brains separately for the Lord to renew. That's the first process. Saying, here it is, Lord, unscramble it. Because you can't do it. But then you put a guard around. This is the helmet. You put a guard around your thoughts, your mind, and what, what it about what goes in, but especially what you keep out. This is the helmet. You put a guard over your head to put in what needs to be put in and to keep out what needs to be kept out. So if it's impure, get rid of it. Take captive that impure thought, chuck it out. Simple, real good process. You get a thought about somebody that rises up an emotion of whatever in you that isn't of God, think positive things for that person. Take captive that thought and think positive about that person. That's the quickest way of walking in the Spirit. Because you're now enacting out 
what God has told you to do is to walk in his spirit. If there's jealousy or lust, get rid of it by thinking it, processing, getting that, that programming out of your brain about that situation, that, that person. And I'll tell you one thing, it will take incredible discipline and it will take comp- com- incredible concentration to do it. But more important, it will take consecration. You've got to set it apart. And if we don't do this, change will never occur. If we don't do it. See, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. That's our mind. That's what David's talking about. He is consecration, that part of his body. Do you want to know how to... I'm, I'm literally almost there. I can't, I can't give up on this. Here's your challenge. I'm going to do it. Not, not this week, but next week. I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to give you a week to process it. I want you, Heidi will load this up, this talk up again. I want you to think about it, process it for a week. Yes? Meditate on it. Find, you know, touch the spirit in it. But here's the challenge. I'm throwing out a massive challenge to you. I want you, not this week, but the week after, starting you know, a, a week tomorrow. There's your, there's your deadline. I want you to give up television for a month. I want you to give up using the computer, other than, you know, for good things. Like I use my computer to write my notes up. So that's good, I'm allowed to use it. Yes, I'm allowed to read my Bible on my, on my computer. But if you're Facebooking, or you're you know, on Skype, or whatever, in the evenings, and it's taking up a long time, long time of your life, then I, I, I challenge you to give it up for a month. Starting a week tomorrow. And in that time, like I usually watch television, maybe from about 9 to 10.30, quarter to 11, then I'm off to bed. I usually watch. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to switch on television for a month. And I'm just going to use that time to sit before the Lord. Just wait in his presence. Just wait on him for a whole month. And every time a thought comes in, don't do battle. Just get rid of it. Don't dwell on that thought, you know, in that time. But you're going to become a friend of God. You're going to put yourself aside and you're going to consecrate yourself, and you're going to say, Lord, here I am. I'm yours. I am totally yours for a whole month. This church will be different. Totally different. Ephesians, and do you know what? It will happen so fast. So fast. Ephesians 4, verse 22, says that you put off concerning your former conduct. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That's an incredible verse. That you put off the old man, put on the helmet, put on the armor, put on the new man, protect it, guard it, guide it, walk in peace, walk in light, walk in righteousness, and captive, 
take capture every thought and start reprogramming your brain. But spend time in the presence of God and in a month, it'll happen. I guarantee you there'll be change. But you know what's going to happen? Is that God will drop the hedge. God will drop that hedge around you because he will want to see how you stand in this. He'll want to see that you've put on your helmet. That the hedge has gone down. You need to get on, you know, clothed with the armour. He wants you to put on that. So don't be surprised in that, that month that things start kicking off in your mind. That's God just lowering the hedge to see how you can walk in it. And folks, if we get this, we will mature so quickly. It's all coming together. You know, Heidi and I, we, 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 just, we just suddenly realised this is why we're doing it. We never planned like this. We never planned that we'd be going down this route. We never knew it. But we knew that we had to be walking in the Spirit. We just didn't know how. And God has led us down this path. So it, it encouraged me and Heidi that, yes, we are hearing the Lord in this. And that encouraged both of us, because we, we have to strengthen ourselves, just like David, that he strengthened himself in the Lord. We're on the right track, folks. We're on the right track. But don't be surprised that, that all sorts of spirits and all sorts of weird thoughts will come into your mind. Don't be, don't be surprised. Because those spirits are now rattling on the cage. But what they'll do is they'll come rattling on the cage and they'll want to get out because you're starving them. Philippians 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. There's the key. Start meditating on the things of God, not meditating on the things of the world. And you start meditating in your mind, it will affect your brain and the programming of your brain, and it will lock it in. It starts today, though. This challenge starts today. And you win the battle of the mind. I'm telling you, in five weeks' time, we will be different. And guess what? You'll see it, but you'll also see it in others. You'll also see it in others when you lock out negative thoughts. Lock out what you're seeing with your eyes that isn't of God. Whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is good, meditate on these things. You'll be a different person. I love this. I don't know where I got it from. <laughs> this is my prayer. It's my, I'm going to pray for you all. I'm going to pray for you all about this. But my prayer is, let's stop our minds being the master and start it to become the servant. Let's our minds stop being the master, driving our will and emotions, and let it become the servant of God that will be driven by his will and his emotions. Too many Christians have allowed their minds to become the master of who they are. I include myself in that. Totally include 
myself in all that I'm talking about. So we're going to meditate on the good things of God over the next five weeks. In a, a week tomorrow, you're going to cut off your mobile phone, switch it off. You don't have to contact anyone. Yeah? Don't worry about it. Switch it off. Don't look at your text messages in the evening before this time. Cut off the television. Put yourself in a place and meditate on the Lord. Just be a friend for him. Just be a friend for the Lord. That's all he wants. He wants to be a friend to us. And he wants us to be a friend with him and walk with him in the cool of the day. That is our biggest one desire the Lord wants. But I'm afraid the church, what they've done is they've put rules in place of walking with the Lord. If you do this, then this will happen. If you, no, just get in the presence of God and walk with him. That's what he wants. Folks, let's stand up. I'm going to pray. Now, you can join me in this prayer. You can, just in, in, your, in your own thoughts, just process it. You can go with it. But I'm just going to consecrate us here. Set ourselves apart for God's purposes so that our minds will stop being the masters and instead become the servants. That's the bond servant. The bond servant. So Lord, hmm, Lord, help us. Help us to understand ourselves. Lord, help us to understand our thoughts. Lord, help us to understand our spirit over our flesh. And Lord, help us to understand our natural minds to our spirit. Lord, we pray now, will you give us your mind? as we give you our heads. Lord, we consecrate our heads to you now and we set them apart with our mind, our brains, our emotions, our eyes and our ears. We consecrate it to you right now. Lord, especially we consecrate our eyes and our ears, what goes in and the processing of that. Lord, I pray that we will only see through your eyes and take in what you want us to take in that is good and pleasing. And what we hear, Lord, may we hear with your ears only what is good and pleasing. And Lord, may we take captive every thought that isn't originated from you and throw it out. Lord, help us from this day to walk in your spirit alongside you as your friend. And Lord, help us now to put on, and I want you just to physically, just imagine, you're putting on that helmet. Lord, we now physically and spiritually put on that helmet around our heads to guard our hearts and our minds and our brains. Lord, I pray, let, let's stop our minds being the master and start it to become the servant. Lord, I pray now, let us lock down revelation that becomes epinosis knowledge, knowledge of the Spirit, 
and not knowledge of man. Give us your mind, Lord, just give us the mind of Christ now and help us to walk in your spirit. Help us today to become sons and daughters of the living God and to be led by your spirit. Help us only, Lord, to judge things by the Spirit and not by our eyes and our mind and our brains. Let us only judge things through the Spirit. Lord, we ask you now to bring light into our brains and unscramble them, to reprogram them, and Lord, to put them into your settings, manufacture settings. Lord, I ask you now to especially help us to start walking these out over these next few hours, these next few days, and these next few weeks. And we offer you today, Lords, our heads as we want to be that new man and that new woman, new woman that you've called us to be in the true spirit to arise out of those ashes of this world. So, Lord, we ask you to bend us we ask you just to help us lean over. And Lord, we ask you to do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to apologize for how long it's taken, but it's, it's just it's something that I think that we need to know. We need to be walking in it. We need to be moving in these sort of things. We're going to get the program on. The last two talks have now been put on the website so you can download them, listen to them, meditate on them. Get it all ready to start walking in this in the next week or so. But we've got to start taking captive every thought that we have. If it isn't of God, make it of God. Start reprogramming our brains. And watch what happens in five weeks' time. Amen. God bless you. Bless you.